This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. This is the Football Roundup, energy sport's longest running football show. Each week our team of football writers and podcasters deliver their views on the weekend's action from Scotland, England and the wider world of football. With our panel bringing knowledge, insight and passion, you can be rest assured of quality from each episode of the Football Roundup. Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup, energy sport's longest running football show. My name is Jack Donnelly and as always I am delighted to be joined by some of Napier's finest student journalists on this episode. And we've got the good, the bad and the ugly of our group chat here today. I'll let them decide who's who. We have got the guardian of Gartmore, Struan Garvey, hello. Hello. We have got the wizard of Wishaw, Taylor Murray, how how are you doing mate? I'm doing no bad, no bad. And making a return to the show after a while away, we've got the Muppet from Midlothian, Sean McGill. Hello. I like that. That's a new one. I've not had that before. You sure? Well done, Jack. I'm surprised. Well, most people I speak to are from Midlothian, eh? So it would be a bit self-deprecating that. Yeah, that would be, to be fair. We live in a goldfish bowl here. (laughs) It's a wee bubble, a wee isolation bubble with everyone in Midlothian. Mm -hmm. It's tremendous. Is it? Absolutely. Didn't you laugh in your... your Slander, Mr. Donnelly. It's I, I've not been able to do it for a while, so I, I just need to get it out in the open just now. It's God's country. <laughs> I'll I'll take your word for it, mate. Uh, let's get going. My big question. I quite I quite liked last week's one to be fair, because it was a bit a bit more of a personal touch. So I thought I wanted to do it again. So as you all know, Energy Sport are getting to grounds of all shapes and sizes at the moment because we're massive. Uh some pitches are obviously in better condition than others. So I wanted to know where your favourite place to play football is. It could be a wet, freezing patch of mud on a Sunday morning. It could be a sun-kissed beach with a beer in your hand, an artificial surface that means you're going to be fighting bits of Astro about your house for the next two weeks. Anywhere. And I want you to let me know where you'd most like kicking a ball about. And I want Taylor to tell me first. Oh, Rookie, put me on the spot first, Rookie. I like, this. I like this. Good question. It's a good question. Thank but you. This is one I already have in my mind every day because I miss it. Right. It's going to be a bit of story to this, so... It's got to be a perfectly wet pitch, right? What's but, perfectly wet, though? Like, water no, no, water, no, just like a, wee, a wee light rain. So, I want to have been raining, say, like, during the night. Mm-hmm. This is, like, my perfect scenario of a perfect pitch, by the way. So, I want to have been raining during the night. Then, like, re- usually the game will kick off about 10 or 11, so I want the sun to burst out about 7. Dries the pitch up so it's not, like, really too muddy, but still see that slick wetness. And uh, where it's still a gorgeous day for then on out, and it's like, oh my god, the the grass is just that moist where you slide it, you can do a perfect slide tackle, but it's not like, it's not too bog, it's not like too bogging too muddy, but it's just like a perfect slide tackle. You just get that grass thing up your leg, and then the sun's just beaming down you. We can actually smell the grass and just a good day. Oh man, I miss football. That was beautiful. But yeah, it's my, I have that in my mind every day since, you know, the 14th of June when I last played a game. Was that the last time you played a game? You've got that date yeah. saved in your head? Yep, 14th of June. Do you remember, do you remember the score for the game? Uh, yeah, fair enough. I actually played right back and um, I think we got bet 3-1. I made a dashing uh, run up the line, put in a lovely cross and it uh, went out for a throw-in. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, straight for the cross? It didn't even yeah, straight guy. for the cross, mate. Brilliant. Just right in. And uh, second half, we switched to left back, and um, 
didn't really do much impact for left back, but you know. You can't win them all, mate. You can't win them all. Uh, Struan, what about yourself? How, how, where, where would you most want to kick a ball on this planet? Oh, the local field in the uh, in the village I live. That's that's my favourite place to play. It's not the best surface. Quite a few trees in the way. The nets. <laughs> there's one one of the goals doesn't have a net, so if you score, it goes miles away, and you have to kind of retrieve the ball. But it's um, yeah, it's great. It's memories. That's just when I think about playing football. That's my my mind instantly goes to there. I think sort of conditions and time of the day. I quite like playing at a dusk when it's sort of the end of the day, and it's just it's during the summer, obviously, so it's light until about ten o'clock or something like that. And then it's just nice playing at playing at night. You know, the temperature's not too warm at that point. Grass is in a good nick. You can go back to someone's house after it. Yeah, that was. I think that was the best. My personal favourite time to play. So Stuart, what you're saying is you tra- you trade the lights of a Champions League night for the dusk of a Stirling field. Any day of the week, twice on a Sunday. But then you're risking midges awesome. though. If you're if you're going at dusk, that that's oh. the worst part oh, of it. Like, uh, late at night football. Not too bad the midge situation. When you're moving about, midges don't bother yeah. you too much. I don't think it's, it's stationary that you've got to watch out for those midges. Yes, if you're in the goal and cuppy and you get a bit fed up. That's what I'm thinking. Like if you're playing cuppy and like you've played, you've already played around and you're all knackered because you're all out of shape and you're kicking a ball about a park. And you're just sat at the goal, just like somebody speaking, you're just getting a water break, and then they just attack you. And then you almost kind of have to force yourself through playing another round, even though you literally can't be arsed. Is that, that, no, that no a bit of a concern? Or are you just active all the time, Stu, and you, they can't catch you? Oh, I never stopped running. Uh, they used to call me the Kante of, um, of Sterling, even though Kante only really became relevant in 2015, but they did. There was a, to be fair, <laughs> you can see the future! <laughs> Accessible ball in the middle of Gartmore Town Centre. Like, right, this is a boy that's gonna say, it's <laughs> gonna make something impact in English football. Struan Garvey is gonna be that man. Maybe Struan talked can't ever in here. I'm only saying. It's a we, yeah, we've not explored that possibility. Have we? I mean, we're the same height. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen two of us in the same room at the same time. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. We cannot argue that. I do like playing on concrete as well. Our our location where we used to play a wally was was in concrete, and that was that was always fun. Like kind of schoolyard concrete, like you, you yeah. All about when you're in P five and end up with stupid big grazes up your legs. Ah, uh, the wee skint knees. Somebody decided their slide tackle was a good idea. So when you've overcome it on the concrete, <laughs> that was a dangerous game. Uh, Sean, what about yourself? Um, well, it's been well documented on these podcasts that I'm absolutely horrendous at football. Um, so I think what we do is there's a lot of potential places we could go, but there then there's like you've got to figure out who's training on that pitch tonight. Yeah. Like, will that be free? Will the gates be locked there? So will we have to climb over them? Like you've just got there's a lot of factors. So part of the the fun for me is just trying to figure is the it's the logistics of it, the forward planning. That's what I enjoy. You know, planning where we're going to go, planning our route, and uh, when you go there and it's full, so you've got to you've got to problem solve, you've got to think of an alternative location. And I, I'm most disappointed when we've actually got to play the football, because that's when I embarrass myself. It's all about the journey. It's all about the climb. I'm embarrassed to be in this podcast with you for that answer. No, I'm not having that. I wanted to know <laughs> a pitch. I wanted to know a place. I didn't want to hear about the journey. <laughs> right, that's annoyed me. Wait, seriously. <laughs> well, I'm perfectly happy with that answer then if it's got you rattled. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like, I, I expect a, a, an answer for a pitch. No, don't tell me about the journey. 
I don't care. Just give me an answer for a pitch. What's um, the perfect pitch you want to play on? I quite like the East Point Arena. Oh, wait, that's a good shout, guys. That's going to be a good key cursor for the rest of this podcast. You two just at each other's throats. This is going to be good fun. Sexual tension. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's how how long we've been locked down? It's <laughs> just very lonely. <laughs> it's gotten far too bad. Uh, I, I'm partially astro to be honest. I mean, I mean, I do like playing on grass, but the the big the big kind of addition to Troon and the in the playing fields up at, up at the school was a proper proper astro pitch that get used for football and rugby, and you used to have to climb the fence to go go in at night because they would lock the gates but somebody created a hole that you could crawl under and when you're the size of me and you're crawling under it it's it's a fair size of a hole but then it kept getting boarded up but every time it got boarded up a bigger hole would appear in the exact same place so when we came back out of lockdown last summer and we were like right let's go up and kick a ball about the astro like oh do you reckon the hole's still there i could walk clean under it like i didn't have to it was about a seven foot clearance of, of a gap in this fence that just made access so much easier. And I think that, that just kind of t- takes you back to almost kind of when you had that bit of freedom. Like, before before the, before the that pitch was there, we had to trek into the, the, the land that shall not be named Kilmarnock. For, for, for <laughs> good good job of no naming it there, pal. Well done. <laughs> uh, and that, that's where we had to go power league. Like that, that was a that was a Sunday morning, uh, half ten train. We took the KFC beforehand, which is a stupid idea when you're away to run for four hours, and in a cage for for four hours, and it, it was just the best of times. And you'd also have to sprint back through the town to make sure you actually got a train. Nine times out of ten, we missed it. So the prices on like. Actual five-a-side pitches these days are horrendous, though. It's terrible. Oh, no, it's an indoor place. That. At, that is it's an um, indoor like place in the village next to me. And when we were growing up, it used to be like what two pound fifty for like a couple hours, or they wouldn't even chuck you off after a couple hours. You were basically there yeah. for the day once you were on. And now it's so strict, and you're paying like I think it's like six, seven, eight quid for like an hour. It's just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. It should be a campaign to reduce the reduce prices. For maybe we should start that energy sport. You know, other people take on sort of charitable things. I think we should maybe try that. Because we're all tight and we just want to play Absolutely. in a cage for cheap. I'm, I'm behind yeah, it, to be fair. It's also the same for trying to book a pitch to play on, by the way. They want like 70, 80 quid. Aye, that's what I mean. Now. So it's, like, it's ridiculous just what for two teams want to kick a ball about just for fun for tours. It's absolutely, it's, mate, it's daylight robbery. That's what that is. And all the Astros are locked up and all the fields you're not meant to use. Cause, uh, do you know what I mean? Football in this country, working class sport down the drain. How are we meant to keep the consistency of qualifying for tournaments if you're not if, you, if you're not making the, making the grassroots more accessible? Do I, do There's I know a what? question. Honestly, see, because of these signs, no ball games, by the way. Essentially, they're stopping the next pelly coming through in Scotland. I'm telling you, that is the reason. Could that have been you, Taylor? If yeah, signs it would have been. I mean, oh, how is the, oh, injury to the knee, honestly. Oh, knee injury. Oh, I, I, could, I, mate, I could have made it if I listened to that. We've heard that story somewhere before. Uh, right, with our initial nonsense out the road, let's get into the beautiful game from the past weekend. Snart- starting up in Scotland, sorry, we are going to be right back with Tune the Football. <laughs> Of 
course, Chewing the Football is our weekly delve into the world of Scottish football, covering everything from patter to penalties. It was a beauty of a weekend as we saw the third round of the Scottish Cup play out. And so far, I'm the only one on today's show that's unhappy with the results. End of the day, air would have been going out in the next round anyway. Nobody would get past Calum Davidson and the Saints. Blessing in the skies can focus on the league, all that waffle. Let's talk about teams that did well. <laughs> You're giggling, so I'll come to you first. So I'm kind of laughing, he's doing alright, isn't he? What a man, did you see that photo Kenny Crawford put up? He's so, so handsome, like the sun just caught him holding that match ball after his hat-trick um, against Stenhouse Muir. He's just, it's six goals in his last three games, he's got two assists in that time as well. He's, I remember that there was sort of mixed feelings when he signed for Killian. I remember a certain Mr Graham Sinclair saying, this man is a, a National League level striker. Now, is that what he said? Um, does is that backed up the fact he scored a hat trick against a League Two side? Maybe, right? Maybe, but he's yeah. also been good in other games, and I think that um, I was a bit skeptical. I thought we'd change a lot for this game, Kelly. I thought that um, obviously Kelly were the massive favourites to beat Stenhouse Muir despite their Premiership form, um, but I think Tommy Wright saw the importance of getting confidence in this side that seems to be his best side now, and the fact that Kyle Lafferty's got some more goals under his belt will hopefully stand us in good stead heading into the relegation dogfight in the next few weeks. Yeah, it wasn't great, to be honest, when I'm, when I'm sitting on the on the uh, press bench at uh, Somerset Park and we are losing 1-0 to Clyde and then just seeing Kyle Lafferty scoring three. That it, just, it just wasn't fun. And I bet to Sean, which was something I never thought I would have to do, but I did and I felt bad for it. Oh, it was gorgeous. I mean, but yeah, the, the sun was shining. Sorry to sound like Stone here, but the sun was shining on Saturday. It was a gorgeous day. It was, to be fair. And right. never just... be sorry to sound like Strange, Sean. Oh, that's horrible. Take that. Unfo- unfortunately, I am. Shocking. But yeah, that just made it all the more sweeter. The fact that your team was getting bodied by a side that plays every five minutes. I think it is at the moment. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. what four games in eight days for them. They just played on the Thursday night, and this was a Saturday afternoon. Yes. Um, and yeah, United are out the cup, but that's no surprise. They've never won a major trophy in their history, and that continues, of course, this season. Um, meanwhile, I'm sure we'll get onto the draw, but the draw. But I think Kilmarnock's path to Hampden's looking pretty sweet. Well, we will get onto that in a little bit, but I did just want to ask you one quick question about Kilmarnock uh-huh. before before we got into the into the other results. So I was I was looking at looking at previous results. That's you now scored in four consecutive games, haven't yep. only found the net once in your previous eight before that. Oh, you got the stats today, Jack. I like that. See, I, I prepared. It's, mm-hmm. it's unlike me. I'm actually slightly coherent today. I like that. Is this the football that you were expecting or hoping for potentially more when Tommy Knight came into the job? Um, that's an interesting question because when right right. We've played well in, I think, every game that um, Tommy Wright's been in charge of, apart from when we went to Ibrox. Um, and to be fair, in that game, we were only undone by um, perhaps the best goal scored in Scotland this season by Ryan Jack. Mm. Um, but we didn't put up a fight at all in that game, uh, really. And all of the games were being competitive, it just, you wouldn't find in the net. But now, with Lafferty properly getting involved, Lafferty isn't just a sort of goal uh Sort of in between the stick striker either he gets involved in the play he really links up well with like Chris Burke and Ronnie McKenzie and he's managed to make uh, Mitch Pinnock look decent in the last couple of weeks as well um, so I think that it's clicking for Tommy Wright it could 
we all, I think a lot of Kilmarnock fans wanted Alex Dyer gone sooner, and I think that um, an appointment like Tommy Wright just a few games earlier would have had us feeling a lot more confident, but you're in the situation they're in, there's five games to go. Um, but I think if you're looking at the three teams who are in the relegation fight, Kelly are probably shaping up the best at the moment, and it's a massive game on Saturday against Ross County in Rugby Park. Absolutely. Taylor, uh, did, you, did you watch Rangers' game? I can't remember. Were you watching at the time? Uh, I missed the first half, but caught second. You caught the <laughs> second. The, the goalless half. The goal. The goalless half. But you saw yeah. them secure a four 0 home win. A four 0 home win to Cove Rangers. Take it. You were fairly happy with that. Oh yeah, very, fairly happy. Um, actually, I was more happy with um probably one person that didn't get in the score sheet that I thought he would have and put in a great performance. Scott Wright. He is a sensational player. He makes me feel giddy. He makes me feel happy when he's on the ball. He just, he's just got that special talent about him where I just, I trust him. I trust him when he gets the ball. I don't look at him in fear for my life like I used to when certain other players, Ian Black, is on the ball. He doesn't start though, does he? Like Scott, no, you're saying he's no, a sensational he player. Start. He still doesn't start in this team. No, he, no, and he, he won't start. I'd, I'd, I'd he shouldn't start. Team. No, I, I think he should start a lot more. But uh, still, mind he's just settling in. He just came in in January mm. and like. Uh, you've got players like certainly Kent, Hadji, Roof, Morelos, all that in front of you. So as a hard one to break into, but it's a player that is definitely. I see he's got a high ceiling at Rangers, and and that's me just you know probably get a wee bit ahead of myself. But I just I jelly. um was really impressed with him during that game. I know it was only against Cove Rangers and that, and but you know you just have to beat what's in front of you, and he took his chance obviously. Rangers were good yesterday, but Cove played directly into their hands. I mean, most Premiership sides wouldn't try playing the football that Cove did at Ibrox, um, and they just passing it about, inviting pressure onto them. And I, I'm I've not kept up massively with Cove. I'm not sure if this is a, a tactic they employ a lot, but I just think that in League One you might get away with these sort of loose passes and stuff like that. But when you're at the Champions, just get just clear your lines. It didn't make sense and. I think one example of that was Nathan Patterson uh, latching onto a loose ball and dispatching it. And I think that uh, Patterson was great again yesterday. You can say, yeah, it was just Cove. Um, but it's another great sign that he um, is just a massive prospect for Rangers and f- for Scotland in the future. I think the suggestion from Stephen Gerrard that um, perhaps he, his ban should be reduced because it would stunt his development is ludicrous. Um, yeah, no. The, <laughs> any any manager would say the exact same. But the boy mucked up, and he should uh, should sort of pay for that in a sense. He should sort of serve some time, I think. Um, but I don't think uh, I think they're still massively exciting for Scottish football. It's just depends what happens next because James Tavenier's not going anywhere. No, absolutely not. Taylor, oh, you said you were, you were talking about high ceilings mm-hmm. there uh, about Scott Knight, but Gerard kind of put that ceiling right up into the stratosphere for Nathan Patterson saying he's potentially the best right back prospect ever <laughs> that he's ever seen and that's coming from a man who was kind of there or thereabouts for kind of seeing Trent Alexander-Arnold break through at Liverpool so that's some amount of praise from the gaffer surely I'm not going to lie um, <clears throat> one way I'd say is getting praise from your manager saying that he's probably one of the best right backs you've ever seen is high praise no matter who it is but Coming from Stephen Gerrard, if that was me, I'd shit myself. Like I'd, 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 I'd actually bottle it. Like you've got one of probably one of the most veered England midfielders that's um, 
has been about who's seen like Evan. He's been through like he's seen he's came up against players such as like Alves in Champions Leagues and all that. And he's he's seen like as you said Trent Alexander, Trent Alexander Arnold at Liverpool, and yet he's gained parts in this praise of being one of the best right backs he's ever seen. Like that either shows you the belief that he has in Parson. Or maybe that is the ability that Patterson generally does have, and he could be, like, what, let's say, Scotland's next Alan Hutton, like a, a guy who's just, you know, can drive for that right back, create chances, and uh, considering, you know, we play three at the back, having a wing back role, I'm not totally against it. And maybe him being at the Euros as well, by the way, that's. I'm, I'm all for that. <sighs> but Sorry, we're not going from one of the brightest prospects ever in terms of right back to it could be Scotland's next Alan Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Alan Hutton was good. Alan Hutton no, was, was a good player. But, but... Stephen Gerrard's making it out to be a sort of generational talent. Like Nathan Patterson could be the elite of the elite, and Alan Hutton was a very and serviceable right back for Scotland. It was just a just a yeah. bit sort of no, disappointing I'm, there, Taylor. I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground. Like I could, I could probably go one further than journalists. Let's uh, not, let's go one think... further. Let, yeah, let's so see exactly. what you say. <laughs> Because you're not known for keeping your feet on the ground when it comes to opinions, at least. I think Jared's yeah, so. already gone too far, to be honest. It, it's, it's a big claim to make. And How many 90-minute matches has he played? Full uh, 90 minutes? Yeah, six, six. I think. Yeah. He came off the bench against uh, Antwerp, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Thanks, yeah, Gordon. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. He's a great player. I, just, that, I don't know. Stuff like this. No, I don't it's, know. It's, I, I, it's could come back to bite him. He's definitely doing... I think he's seen this, like, because... One, he generally does believe in him, and I generally do believe that Patterson has a high seal in his jerseys. But I think this is also, one, a push for Scotland squad, and two, uh, probably to help with the ban appeal. Seeing the fact is, obviously, if this is one of the generational talents that Scotland will have, given him a bigger ban's got stumped him, and it's like, kind of try to, you know, use words against SFA to be more lenient. Like, I do believe the fact is that he is going to be Scotland's future number one right back, but it's just the where we can't say right now he's gonna be one of the best ever. Like I still I don't I still don't think I'd have him in that junior squad. I mean, I think he's a very good player, but I think when you when you look at the fact that Steve Clark's want that consistency and I don't think Stephen O'Donnell's done bad at all, especially in recent games. I think he's really showed kinda of a decent level for Scotland in recent games. I'd I'd honestly don't think I'd have Nathan Patterson who Realistically, isn't going to play that much before the end of the season. I mean, with it, or what's this? You'll know the script with the ban more than I will, Taylor. Like, what what's the script? Is it getting suspended till next season, or what's going uh, on? It's, well, what was offered was like six game ban, four immediate, two suspended until the end of the season. But obviously, now they've appealed it; it's been delayed, so there's no date set. So right. this could literal this will probably run out next season. The bans and all that, which isn't great, but. Uh, it might hamper him, like if it comes to playing for Scotland, then they'll run up to it. If if Cart was to think about that, but that's one thing. By the way, Scotland are always notorious for like not calling up players just because they're young. Like, just do it. Like, there's no harm in it. Well, what do what do you two think, Stuart? What do you think about it? Would you would you kind of go near Patterson just now? I think it's maybe one of those possibly similar to Gilmore in the sense that I don't think he should be starting for Scotland, but it possibly wouldn't do him any harm to be within the squad just to sort of get that experience, if he is, because we don't have that many great prospects coming through at right back, I think, throughout the country. Obviously, it's an abundance of left back, so I could understand why he'd maybe go with the squad, but at the same time, I don't think there's any reason for Stephen O'Donnell to be dropped, to be too probably been our most consistent defender yeah. in the last over the last twelve months. 
Would you chuck him in in place of Palmer, maybe? I would. Yeah, I think over Palmer I would have him in there. I'd have Cadden over Palmer as well, to be honest, but that's a different kettle of fish. It's a different kettle of fish. <sighs> I just think it is. Oh, was it a sigh? <laughs> it was a sigh. I think it's just a very bold claim to make. I mean, you hear kind of Pep Guardiola saying the likes of Phil Foden are. He, he was the best player that he'd ever coached or something like that. And then the season after, he was start. he's starting for England, he's starting for City more regularly, but. Would we really chuck Nathan Patterson into that kind of same bracket as a generational talent that Gerard's making him out to be? I still, I still think it it's captures headlines. Like that's what it does. Like me, managers say this to capture headlines, and like it will probably will focus on the positive aspects of this, and you know, put the, maybe the player will get a boost from like all this attention, and uh, Gerard could be using this to like say like this is how you need to stay grounded, like. I don't... It's the opposite of grounded, isn't it? That, that's <laughs> the exact opposite. But, um, you know, but he's probably learned how to deal with pressure. Like, this is probably another side of pressure that a person needs to learn to deal with. Like, he's playing for a club at like Rangers, but also he's now got to get all this media attention where he needs to learn to you know, deal with us. And that could play in the hands of like, how he needs to learn from that COVID breach as well. I just think that... I think you were right in what you said, that I think it's a tactic. It seems that it's a smart guy. I think it's a tactic to make the the ban sort of put a bit of pressure on the SFA in that sense. I think it's to sort of hope for a little bit more leniency. I don't know how genuine that is, obviously. Only Stephen Gerrard will know. Mm. I still think he thinks very highly of Nathan, Nathan Patterson. I think he's right no, to, but um, we'll ha- have to see, <laughs> is the is the question there. Maybe we'll see at, at Wembley in June that Phil Foden can come up against Nathan Patterson and we'll see who <laughs> comes out on top. Who cares about Mbappe versus Haaland? That's a real battle that everyone... And this country wants to see. I mean, I couldn't care about Phil Foden personally, but Nathan Patterson. <laughs> uh, Struan, we'll come to you next because your boys are yet to play their third round tie. They're travelling to Palmerston to take on Queen of the South tonight. What are you expecting from the match? Are, are you looking forward to it? Are you concerned at all? Or what, what's your thoughts? Um, hoping for a win. Uh, the, the draw has. Yeah, that's quite high for me, to be honest. Um. It's quite a good route. I believe Hibs can make it to the final without meeting an old firm, which they've got to look at that as a positive. I think especially the way that the previous cup runs have come to an end, I think they really need to take advantage of that. And yeah, a good strong performance tonight and then get ready for Rangers who will have had an extra day of rest before the weekend's clash. So it's a conspiracy, that's what you're saying? It's ridiculous. The Battle of Scotland's right back. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, do, you th- do you think a good result tonight could kind of potentially set up that cup run? Do you, would, could you envision kind of run to the final? Should you get? I think so. I think it could depend on the league. You know, if Hibs can wrap up third place, I think there will be a willingness to go all out in the cup. But obviously, that's uh, that's easier said than done. Yeah, no, definitely. The semi-final draws aren't done, so they they could come up. Yeah, they could. Yeah. So. But, but the route two there is without it. Yeah, so they play either uh, Mullerwell or Greenock Morton if they get past Stranraer in the next round. If they get past Queen of today, big ifs of course. It's funny, isn't it, when you sort of <laughs> often see with the World Cup and you're mapping out your route to the final, and then you just get taken out of the first hurdle, and it's just like yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> and that was disappointing. Well, let's have a look at that draw then, because. Uh... We've got another old firm to look forward to. Uh, that was the kind of biggest talking point. Are you looking forward to that one, Taylor? I'd imagine, based on recent results, you probably are. Yeah, definitely. 
I am looking very forward to it. Always great to have an old firm. Uh, old firms are great, and um, it's probably, as I said earlier on, this could be a game where Celtic build on next season, or Rangers completely dismantle this season for them completely, and by the middle of April. So, what's the? Fun. I mean, what what's the plan? Is Eddie Howe to be Celtic manager like this week, as in? He is the Celtic manager, or... Or is he announced for the start of next season? Yeah. I don't think anyone knows. No, Celtic are just in limbo right now. You need to just go on to a, a stream with Diego Laxalt and ask him whether he's playing Fortnite. That's going to be the best mm. uh, way yeah, to get next to sense, good, actually. Obviously. That makes sense. Uh, Sean, you were just kind of saying you are looking you're looking positively at Kelly's draw. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tongue-in-cheek because uh, the Scottish Cup, anything can happen, and... Uh, and like we said, Kelly aren't necessarily going fantastically in the league this season. Um, but Montrose at home, I think you couldn't have asked for a much better draw than that considering the teams that are left in the league, yeah. um, sort of left in the cup. Um, and then a home tie against either St Mirren or Inverness Cali Thistle. Two home ties, uh, two winnable games there. Um, and I think that Kelly have recently had really tough draws in the Scottish Cup. I think that it's should Kelly get to the quarterfinal beating Montrose it'll be the first time since we won the Scottish Cup in 1997 that we've played a quarterfinal that wasn't against Rangers Aberdeen or Hibs um, so we don't usually get the best uh, draws in the latter stages of the competition so that's exciting I think when Coman won the Scottish Cup in 1997 the old firm met in the quarterfinals and uh, Rangers went out and in that season uh, Kelly secured safety in the top flight on the last day of the season. We know we play Hamilton Ackies on the last day of the season. I'm just seeing everything written in, written in the stars here. So you stay up in the last day of the season against Ackies and then we win the Scottish Cup. I, th- I think would an emergency podcast be, be done if that if that was to pan out? Would we have to just try and rein you in from being on the beers? Because I'd imagine... Well, I was just uh, realised that it was so my 21st is the 19th of May the Scottish Cup final is the 22nd of May this year on the Saturday and that's when I was kind of planning on having a few friends in the garden socially distanced of course oh of course yeah um, and uh, I was just worrying now because when Kelly gets to the Scottish Cup final that will disrupt some plans like I want to be with my family I want to celebrate that I want to go to my bed crying when Rangers stick five past us so <laughs> it's going to be a lot of mixed emotions it's kind of ruining my plans so do you know what I'm not really fast. just leave it boys yeah no just leave it and to be fair thank you just for the invite to that that uh, garden party that's going to be a lovely lovely yeah, um, yeah I'm just worried about travel restrictions Jack so um, I'll see if I can get an invite to you alright <laughs> I, I so might be back coming. in Edinburgh by that point you don't know I was planning on coming spending a couple of weeks back to in the capital before I'm so, going to start a petition for Middlethian to build a wall. Wow. I'll, I'll not take it to heart. But by the way, see it for, it. you know, Sean and his, uh, Kelly winning the cup. Uh, Celtic won the league that year, but funny enough, this is where I find it funny. I hope it, it's not going to happen now. I'd but, imagine you did find it funny when you said funnily enough. Hibs got relegated that year, so I don't think Strain would be too happy if. That it's quite literally impossible. It's quite literally impossible. It is impossible. Yeah, Mate, it is. Administration. We don't know. We've seen that in the past. <laughs> Imagine get to the last. Well, I certainly season. hope that doesn't and happen. Can I get saved? Because Hibs just go bust. 
Goodness Can I just me. say that I think that the Scot well usually it's the Scottish Cup fourth round weekend, but this year because the Scottish Cup's different, it's a third round weekend. But I think it's the best weekend in the footballing calendar. I had a great time to be well, I didn't, but it's still nice seeing all the results come through. I mean, some, some kind of potential upsets in the cards. I mean, Brora were leading Stranraer right up until mm-hmm. I think like the eighty eighth minute before they equalised, and then unfortunately they lost in extra time. Uh, what else happened? East Fife and Morton went to extra time. Uh, Fraserburgh gave Montrose a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montrose won that four two in the end, was it? Yes. Yes. Uh, Edinburgh City and Forfar went to penalties. I think there was a ninety fourth minute equaliser in that game as well. Mm. Which I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, to be honest. As much as I was disappointed by the performance that I saw in the flesh, I just, just thought just sun shining, football on everywhere. It was it was just a great feeling, wasn't it? Devante Cole hit a fan up a tree with the, with the ball. Yeah, ben, ben Banks did quite well for himself with that tweet. <laughs> he kind did. Of got broadcast fairly, fairly wide. But it wasn't just uh, Scottish Cup action that was this weekend. Obviously, you had some uh, league fixtures as well as the teams out with the, the third round were playing catch-up with their games in hand. But the FWPL returned this weekend. Women's football in Scotland started back up again. About time. On time. Sunday. It's, it's been a long time coming and we're very happy that it's back, even though I didn't get to go to the Hibs game yesterday. Uh, I'm not bitter. Uh, I mean, the the, be- the best thing about it is that kind of from now on for the rest of the season, and I, I'd imagine beyond, uh, women's football in Scotland seems to be increasing in terms of broadcasting. Uh, a highlight show is getting broadcast after every set of fixtures on BBC Scotland, uh, and one game from the rest of the seven uh, this week, this season uh, is going to be broadcast live on BBC Alva. Struan, you and I both see our fair bit of SWPL football with our involvement with Hibs anyway. But Taylor, for somebody like yourself who might not have kind of watched much of it up until this point, can you imagine yourself kind of getting more involved and watching more of it if because there are more kind of broadcasting opportunities? No, definitely. I can I can see myself actually watching that because I always love watching the highlight shows of games I don't watch and having that, that's just, you know, a good thing. Putting it out there, you know, giving everybody who wouldn't usually actively go out to seek it a chance to watch it. And it's something I'm actually excited to watch because, you know, I get random notifications about um, moral ladies playing Rangers ladies, because uh, uh, J- of Jamie, Hearts ladies. Mm. Uh, I get to see them, but uh, the scores, but I'd never actually see the highlights so it's something I'm actually looking forward to having a look watch and it's like it's the standard football as I said by the way when I, when I first seen it it's a lot better than what I heard about it's a lot better than what I thought it was and it's really entertaining that is something that I can give it it's, it's a good watch and it's something that I'm excited to you know get more of yeah I caught up with the highlight show this morning I thought it was really really good yeah. um, from Jane Lewis and Julie Fleeton and I'd um, it's a lot of excitement in the SWPL won this season. I mean, that title race, look, I mean, Celtic look like they're out of it now after that 3-0 win for Glasgow City, but Glasgow City and Rangers are neck and neck. Rangers absolutely demolished bottom side. Uh, Hearts yesterday with so much, so many recognisable faces in that Rangers squad. It's, it's Scotland Internationals. Um, so it's just something to get really excited about. And then at the bottom of the table as well, like I said, Hearts are bottom, but they're leveling points with Motherwell. So both ends of the table, um, there's a, a proper... Um, running to get excited about and I think that the fact that this has now been shown weekly that we can keep up with the scorers and the, and, mm-hmm. and the results and what's happening and hear from the managers and the and the players after I think is really really exciting you see some some great goals I, I loved uh, Jaden Fairney's uh, touch and finish yesterday oh, for yeah, Glasgow City yeah. um, 
so I think that that's just a really exciting thing. It's it's uh, it's about time that we got this for women's football in Scotland, but it's great that it's happening now, and I hope people tune in. No, absolutely, and I, I think if if we were to we have to call a winner just now for the SWPL, I would give it to Glasgow City because I believe they have a player with the best name in Scottish football, and I said it in the group chat earlier. We've got a midfielder called Priscilla Chinchilla. So good. That that undefeated. I mean, yeah, Celtic saying someone good. just kind of in the off season. I I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her name because there's not a chance I would get it right. Her first name is Jacinta, and I would urge kind of you guys to go and look look her up because it's she she's a very good player played down in London with West Ham and abroad as well in Italy I believe before moving to Celtic. But it, it's a name and a half has to be said, and I'm very very much looking forward to seeing her and all the rest of the talented players in the SWPL over the coming weeks. And I think the, th- the fixtures are going to come thick and fast because if they are to play out a 14-game uh, second half of the season, which has been discussed, they're not sure whether they're completing 14 games or whether they're just going to do seven. Uh, it's going to be kind of two games a week, so it's going to be Wednesday, Sunday, which means a lot of football to watch because there clearly wasn't enough already. But I'm excited for it. Are you excited, Struan? I am excited. It's been it's been too long. It has been. You, reckon, you might get to go to some games. Get, I hope so. It'd be nice to, to get back out in the in the world. <laughs> to be fair, if anyone from Energy Sport is listening, I believe Struan and I are dealing with external media accreditation for Hibs. So if you're wanting to get to Hibs Women's Game at Ainsley Park, we should be able to sort you out for that. Hopefully. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be directly quoted on that because we might not be allowed, but hopefully. We'd like to think so. Everyone else gets in, so we might as well let, let our friends at Energy get in the door as well. Uh, I do believe that is going to bring the weekend's action from up in Scotland to an end, unless there was anyone had anything burning they wanted to mention from Scotland this weekend that I've missed. I love Kyle Hearts. last week. Hearts are bad that. again. Heart. <sighs> yeah, Craig Gordon again, saving hearts right to the death. Quite funny. Uh, Taylor, any, any, anything extra you want to add in before we move on? I'm looking forward to the 15th of May. I feel like we're going to get that from Taylor every week at some point. Um, yeah, so that's going to do us for the football this week. Now, right, someone, someone said, I think Graham said, like, English Entertainment is a rubbish name for this Premier League section. Does anyone else have a better name? Because the only thing I could come up with Premier League power, and that's garbage. Not like how the other half live type thing. Scrap the Premier League. How can we scrap it if we're going to talk about it? Wait, that's just what I think. I think if we call the segment that, then it brings <laughs> that it's a closer to reality, <laughs> and just let Scottish football take over. It'd be more entertaining for sure, but mm-hmm. that's probably a bit. I need to stop this, this anti. But let's. Do you, it. you, you yeah. could be done at a job just because you're so anti. I know. Thankfully, it's worrying. Let's, I'll, I'll pretend that I'm really enthusiastic about about on, English football in this edition of. English entertainment. That didn't segue for me. That that's why I have you on podcast, Sean. That's good. Welcome. So our next segment has us taking a look at the biggest talking points from the latest round of the Premier League fixtures, and unfortunately, I had a I just had a terrible weekend all round, boys. But you know that already. How how pleasing was it just seeing my pain? Just, just get it out because I know Sean will have loved it. Taylor probably enjoyed it. Struan's probably too nice to say, but he definitely enjoyed it. Am I wrong? Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. 
I enjoyed seeing Chelsea get beat. Most people were having a nice a nice cold beer on Saturday or perhaps a glass of wine and I was just refreshing myself on Jack Donnelly's tears. I like that, that was good. I wonder, I wonder if the people will know what game we're talking about because it was severely painful for everyone. It was a classic Premier League thriller between Chelsea as, and West Bromwich Albion. As Joe, <laughs> as Joe Cole will tell you, it's by far oh, the no, best league off. we've I'm not, ever I'm not, I'm seen. Not that. You wouldn't get this in any other league in the world. This is a lesson to Thomas Tuchel. This is Sorry, not Joe, league in the I don't even think they play football in those other leagues. No, Bunch of farmers, a lot of them. The Premier League oh. is the best in the world. They were so lucky that it's yes, a country Tuchel, need this us. This is the Premier League, not that he'd been unbeaten in every game that he'd played in the league and all the cups before the, before Saturday, but that's fine. It's taken him that long, well over a month, but I'm not bitter, I swear. I definitely just am. Yeah, West Brom beat Chelsea 5-2 in case, in case you weren't aware. Chelsea opened the scoring after half an hour Christian Pulisic got a goal I was like oh cool Pulisic scored we should we should be alright now <laughs> then Silva gets sent off and, I, and as soon as West Brom scored their first I was like yeah that's their game because I wasn't was anyone watching this game Struan you were at home doing nothing I was out on a walk thanks very much I was at your off day I, w- I watched some it, yeah I, I watched I watched some jobbers play for Dumbarton and Aberdeen in that rubbish league up the road why? that my nan could play in I can't even well, remember just, the name of that league. league. I don't know why I bothered with it because I'm such a Premier League diehard, but I thought I'd watch it for a laugh and I missed a Premier League thriller. Oh, you really are playing into this talk sport narrative, aren't you? I am talk sport. <laughs> no, no, no. I like that. Finish it off, Sean. You need to say something controversial, man. I'll get everybody jumping. You're not enough of a Jurgen Klopp lookalike to come away with these bold opinions on Talk Sport about England's under 21 team beating Scotland's men's and then losing all their games in the same camp. Get How are you getting on, buds? What's my big opinion going to be? Um, I think that uh, Atkinson Stanley would go the entire season in Scotland without conceding a goal. Right, yeah, we've had that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, okay. That's, that's talk sporting, I like that. See mm-hmm. if we had, see if idiots listen to this podcast, they might be inclined to agree with you, but we only have the finest of scholars and gentle people listening to this podcast on energy sports, so they obviously would think completely the opposite, which is the correct opinion. Uh what else happened in this game? Yeah, no, I was. Just... Yeah, sorry, I was watching the Martin Aberdeen, which I actually really enjoyed, even though it was only one now. Hmm. Do you a... talk about that instead of Chelsea West Brom? No, okay. I mean, so... personally, yeah, but we probably <laughs> like for the content, like we probably do have to at least mention the fact that Big Sam's done it again, and he's and played some lovely football doing it. I quite tidy. I I refuse to watch the highlights. I can't lie. Did you not Cal see Robinson the time? loves going against Chelsea. That, all five, he's got five Premier League goals this season, Callum Robinson. They've all come against Chelsea. Incredible. What a guy. It's quite funny, to be fair. Like, I'll give it to him. It's really funny. Do I know who he reminds me of? David McGoldrick. No, no. Who did he remind you of him? No, 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 it's not going to be relevant. I was going to literally just say it's like acting against Murrow. That one player that scores against that team only. But no, it just seems... I, just, I don't know. I don't know. Can he really have only scored against Motherwell when he's been here for less than a full season? Hinton scored in Europe, did he not? Yeah, I meant in the league, sorry. Aye, because the Rory Hamilton did the really good commentary line about delivering oh, an yeah. answer at the Royal Flush with the first goal. <laughs> that was a very good one. Like, that was... 
that. I was going to be I, a big question. I managed to get everyone's favourite commentary line, but nah, nah, we'll leave that for another day. Uh, I mean, I take we we are all in complete disagreement with Joe Cole about that about the well, oh, this is the Premier League. Very much so. Because it's, it's just wrong. That's why. It's just, it's just <laughs> so disrespectful. Wrong. And it's well, fifteen minutes. What? When did this game end? Uh, about what? Two just o'clock. Four three-ish. Two o'clock. Yeah. That, yeah. By f- four o'clock, Lille and PSG were playing, and Lille extending their league at top at the top of Liga. So I think that you just it's just complete naivety. The, and I actually think Joko's tactical analysis is pretty good. Yeah, but I don't mind Joko for that. It's when he steps into stuff that he doesn't like. So he said this. He said. La Masala about yeah, Barcelona's Masala. academy. Like, I don't know. I just think if you like, make sure you're backed up on this stuff because when he knows his stuff, he knows his stuff. But I think that that's just a poor, it's a lazy shout. And I think that you'd expect better from top level Premier League coverage, in my opinion. I think it's just quite ironic in the sense that of the top five major European leagues, the Premier League is the one horse race. Yep. Every, yeah. Every, every other league has yeah, a title race a or has been interesting to more of a degree but since you know probably December it's just been Man City in the Premier League and um, yeah I, I did watch some of the the aftermath on BT and it did just seem to be talking about you know Chelsea being bad which again I'm not really a big fan of when you see these kind of results I'd much rather the smaller team get the praise but it just sort of was talking about Thomas Tuchel in the Premier League. I think it, it made complete sense that West Brom were going to get the win to someone who was just not even watching the game i.e. me because as soon as I saw Selva get sent off, I think, well, West Brom, they're in a relegation fight. They are fighting for their lives. They're going to smell blood because we are that much more vulnerable, even though we brought on another centre-back in Christensen. And then they get two goals before half-time, and I know for a fact that that was their game right then and there. I was no, I was not surprised in the slightest to see another three go in because it's just classic Chelsea this season. As soon as things go bad, they go unbelievably bad and the heads drop and there's just no fight back in the squad I mean the only time I can, can really remember it really was I suppose the reverse fixture when we could have came back for 3-0 down and drew 3 all. but rubbish day at the office Silva's not going to play for a week or so uh, well he might play him Wednesday night against Porto but I'll be alright everybody else can I around his drop points apart from Man United but we move. Stuart, Stuart yeah. do you want to talk about United at all? Because they got a good result, which would have been nice for you to see, especially after they went 1-0 down to Brighton. Yeah, I actually missed the the final 20 minutes because Line of Duty was my yes. priority last night. Let's can we do a Line of Duty so. podcast instead? I've not, I've, I don't watch 100%. it. Do you know the, uh, um, do you know the scene? Um, this isn't properly, but Sean, you've seen it, yeah? I have. Do you know the water scene? Yes. So my, my phone pinged to tell me that Greenwood had, had scored to make it 2-1. I looked and put my phone right back down and just didn't care. It was, two that's your that. it was gripping that's... stuff. Why would you care? About was... Exactly. That's Honestly, I don't think I've ever <laughs> such a nonchalant reaction to Man United taking the win in a game that they were behind for an hour of worth, basically. And no Scott McTominay either. Like, what's the actual point? What is the point? Honestly, right? no, you know... I'll, I'll it was um, it was a really good um, performance from United, not perf- like quality wise, but to turn that sort of game into a win, you know, being one 0 down at half time is horrible because you just know that Brighton are going to be parking eleven men behind the ball in the second half, and United found the breakthrough. It was a really nice finish from Rashford, and then just a really nice movement from Greenwood, and they just sort of they sort of never gave up, which I think has been quite 
prominent this season with Man United. You know, there's so many times they've fallen behind and they've shown the character to come back. And I think they've just got a good blend of players, a mixture of experience and youth now that they can get themselves out of a sticky situation to the point where even if they're 1-0 down 60 minutes in, they know they can get a goal from somewhere and go on from there and take the lead. So, yeah. And all three goals were scored by Man United Academy prospects, which is, or yeah, graduates, rather. Oh, yeah, of course. Which is probably the only interesting fact out of that game. I generally think Danny Wilbeck's been a fantastic signing for Brighton. I, I think he's good. I think he's sort of what they need. I think him and Lalana both on a free is very good for them. And yeah. I, th- I think Brighton play really nice football, to be perfectly honest. They were really good in the first half. They had the game plan, but then they just sort of just couldn't hold out in the second half. But um, I think they'll stay up. They just need to learn how to score a bit better. But it's, it has been the one problem. Like they, Their <laughs> XG is just that high for the football that they play, and they just do not match it whatsoever, which is their biggest issue. Were they, were they the team that if they matched their XG, they'd be in fifth or something yeah, crazy like something that? Yeah, something stupid like that, yeah. It's ridiculous. Speaking of matching ridiculous XGs, what the hell happened to Newcastle? <laughs> you see that? I think they had like an XG of like 4.8 or something like that against Spurs. It was something stupid. I get put into the group chat, but... Stephen Bruce football. Do we want... Oh, we can't, we can't big up Steve Bruce too much, can we? No. I like Steve Bruce. I don't mind. I think he's a great guy, but his football's not exactly Bonnie on the eye. I think we, we, we and Jack actually discovered that his, his full name is Stephen with a PH. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Wow. Steph, I had no that's idea. A good fact. Steph, that was a cool fact. Steve. Steph Bruce, yeah. <laughs> Newcastle drew two all with Tottenham. What's interesting about this game? Steve Bruce's name Steve is actually Stephen with a PH. Also, uh, Mourinho needs to grow up a bit, doesn't he? With this. I can't be bothered with that? Mourinho what these days. What, it was like it's the same players. coach, different players. When when they was talked about, you know, in the past, they were able to hold on to one 0 leads. What I find is absolutely fantastic about that is I think he signed about four defenders for Tottenham during his time in charge. I think he signed Reguilon, Roden, and Doherty. So, yeah, and uh, Hoiberg as well. And Hoiberg, yeah, exactly. So I think it's a bit. They're very. Really it was at fault for one of the goals. Yeah, I'm really not sure you'd really consider him to be in the top five managers in the world anymore. And no, I think that's very. You wouldn't have said that before he took this part's job, though. Yeah, I think that it's, it's just crazy to think that you know, growing up, we've always had Jose Mourinho as the special one, you know, one of the top coaches in world football. But now at the moment, it's just sort of like we'd even crack the top ten. Of course, he's doing it in the Premier League, which is the best league we've ever seen and the best thing since sliced bread. But <laughs> oh yeah, that, oh yeah, because we we have to push that narrative in the segment, don't we? We have to push the, the agenda. But um. I, 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 they would have gone into fourth if they win as well, Tottenham. I didn't actually realise. Which is mental. Which is, yeah, yeah no, nobody I takes advantage this season. I swear they were eight. Like when, when one team drops points, everybody drops points around them in the league this season. I think Man City have been the. I think Man City have been the only team to actually take advantage of other teams dropping points, which is why they are away with it. Fourteen points ahead just now. Yeah, I think yeah, seventy-four. They're on. And um, Tottenham have got United at the weekend, which I think I'd give them the advantage given United have got the Europa League tie coming up because, as we all know, Spurs got knocked out humiliating defeats after being 2-0 up in the first leg. Oh, so funny. It was the player's fault. Oh, yeah, of course it was the player's fault. Yeah, that's the same coach, different player. Jose Mourinho's won the Premier League three times. Mm-hmm. Three times, count them. Yeah, well, Guardiola will have three at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, I know we were talking about ju- just earlier, Callum Robinson, only team to score against one team. It's Joe Linton against Spurs. 
like that. That's I think two, Bargain. two in as many seasons or something like that. Like he's just he scored about four Premier League goals and half of them have come against Spurs. It's ridiculous. Forty million, and he forty million for two goals against Spurs. I'd take it to be honest. I have to be the Arsenal boy. Yeah. Res- rescued, rescued a point. Of course, Joe Willock getting a. He, he's been all right for Newcastle, is he not? Yeah, two goals I think he's got so far. He's definitely the, a bright spark in that team. Do we reckon Newcastle stay up? Uh, no. Do you know, possibly another one of those because everyone around them is dropping points. Nobody's taking advantage. You know, Fulham went one 0 up at Villa and then conceded three in like seven minutes and absolutely blew their chance. Brighton as well took the lead and then blew it as well. I think I think it's going to be one of the three. But Burnley I'll... as well. If um on the last day of the season that game between Fulham and Newcastle still means something, I might even tune in for some Barclays. You might wow. Could be ten thousand fans in the stadium as well. Oh, oh right enough, either might be. Mm-hmm. What's uh they're gonna they're gonna have fans in Wembley for Southampton Leicester semi final. And the League Cup final at the end of the month too. It's going to be 8,000 fans. Jose Mourinho could win a trophy with Tottenham. No, he won't, though, because it's safe. Oh, I don't think he could. Unless Guardiola just does his classic overcomplication and just puts out like a 6-2-4 and just tries to pass it off as a genuine formation. Yeah, classic Guardiola, to be honest. I want to see Jose Mourinho win this trophy. Just Why? to hear the shit house of how much he would flaunt it. To be fair, it would be quite funny. Do you know what I mean? Like I've won the first trophy in Tottenham since two thousand and nine, and blah 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 blah, and everything like this. And I think it would just be the most like most successful manager. Probably the most anyone has ever celebrated the League Cup, because I think most people actually forget that tournament happens. To be perfectly honest, scrap it. No point. Yeah, it's pointless. Uh, tell you who tell you who got a massive win Liverpool three mm-hmm. 0 away at Arsenal that was it kind of seems like their players are coming back at the right time because Jota's come back and he's he was massively instrumental in that game was he not yeah he came on and scored three uh, sorry two to make the three 0 yeah Tierney got injured which is a bit worrying for from a Scottish point of view oh, with the Euros coming that. up soon which is not nice given how well he played in the recent internationals. I liked Trent Alexander-Arnold celebrating an assist as if he just scored a goal, which shows... It was, a, it was a very, very good assist. It was, and it shows the frustration he's had over the past couple of weeks not being picked in the England squad, and I think that was him sort of showing, look at what I can do, and um, should put some some thoughts into Gareth Southgate's waistcoat. I, <laughs> I really don't understand why he wasn't picked. I mean, Reese James is a very good player. Juan Bissaka is decent as well, but surely you would still have. Was, tri- was Trippier? Was it not? Was it not? Trippier was and Walker. Not... Yeah, Trippier, Walker, and Reese James were the three picked. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Juan Bissaka wasn't. Sorry, I. Juan Bissaka was at him. Surely you would have. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Let's do a trade. They can have one of our left backs, and we can have one of their right backs, and everything will be good. They can have. Greg said Taylor. this as well. They, yeah, can they, can Greg, Greg they can have Greg Taylor. They can have Greg Taylor. Who would we want in return? Any of them. Trade. Mm. <laughs> <It's the best laughs> well, especially given so Southgate doesn't seem to. I mean, <laughs> Southgate exactly. doesn't seem to play Trent, Sancho, or Grealish, who are perhaps England's most talented players. 
But we've actually got a generational talent in Nathan Patterson, so we are. And, and, and we've got the best English striker. That how how, how on so earth is Nathan Patterson a generational talent when he's not even played a second in the Premier League yet? <laughs> how on earth? Can it's the same with Lionel Messi, isn't it? It's the same with Messi. Yeah, how, have you have, have you ever seen Lionel? Know that Messi's the best player ever if he's never played in the Premier League. Sorry, when did Pele win the Premier League? Exactly. He, he must have I missed think... that when he was scoring his eight thousandth goal yeah. in a friendly. Yeah, exactly. The best player in the history of the world is Danny Higginbotham, and I think we all know that. Do we? Did it in the Prem? He's playing the Prem. Do it at the highest level. That, yeah, I've got nothing else to say in the Premier League. I think that's a good place to end that. So those were the biggest takeaways and the results from the Premier League this weekend. But mm-hmm. As the international break ended, top-level football returned across the continent. So let's wrap up the action and the show in last ditch challenge. Oh, God, one thing. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> I've just been sitting here. Can I just add one thing? Go on then. Hi- high five, Jack. Cheers, right, we'll do that in a minute. So this is Last Ditch Challenge where we try to catch all the biggest stories from across the continent before they pass us by. We're going to try and get through this quickly because there's just a lot of nonsense going on. Taylor's talking about taxis, like they're going at a fashion that doesn't make any sense. Nowhere near as funny as they thought it was. So Sean, I'm going to come to you because Atletico might be bottling the Liga title. Absolutely tremendous. You write an article about how good a team is and they decide, you know what, let's make him look like he knows absolutely nothing about football. So they've just completely chucked their, their, their 10 point lead at the top of the league. It's now only one point. Um... Or it will only be one point if Barcelona win tonight. Um, it's just... I don't really know what's happened. It's not like they had a massive injury problem. I guess the thing with Atletico is when their style of play works, it works. But when the game doesn't go for them, it just seems so blunt and ineffectual. Um, Marcus Llorente picked up a, um, a yellow card yesterday, which means he'll be suspended for the next league game. And he's so important to that team just everything's kind of crumbling and this is with a, a another saved penalty by all black earlier in the game mm. um so i mean it makes for fascinating viewing in the last few weeks of la liga i mean there's a el Clasico to come there's Bar- barcelona play atletico on the 9th of may i believe um which is a huge huge game um so the title right now is in the hands of both atletico and barcelona um, depending on who would win that game on the, the 9th of May and El Clasico will play a, a big hand as well um, so we've spoken about other leagues today that don't have a very good title race Spain's not one of them so I suggest keeping an eye and hopefully in the end Atletico just do it the hard way do it the Atletico way and I still have some credibility credibility as a journalist Someone who's not getting credibility me. as a journalist anymore is me because I've done the exact same as you but the gap is so much bigger I wrote about how good AC Milan were when they were flying at the top of the table. Now Mm. they're eight points adrift and Inter could go 11 points clear with a win at home to Sassuolo on Wednesday. It's not been great. Milan just recently have been all over the place. Really just drawing too much. They've lost games. They should lost 2-0 away to Spezia. Why? Why why have they done that? We... Upsets happen in other leagues that aren't the Premier League. Holy shit. Shot caller. Get away. Nah, man. That's, that's, 
Wait, Sean. First thing you make fun of me, no, you're lying to me. I'm not having that fight. Why are you lying to me? Why are you trying to tell me upsets happening early? Sean, explain it to him, please. He's desperate for explanation. The farmers beat the better farmers, is what happened in this one. How would you be a better farmer? Like, what would distinguish a good farmer from a bad farmer? Profits. So uh, everything's capitalism, Jack. Everywhere you look. Yeah, you're right enough. I actually give you. You think it's just cows and horses living all their life? It's not. It's not. I learned that the hard way. That's a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I won all draw with Santoria. It just it's just and and they went a man down as well, and it took them until the 87th minute to get an equaliser. So. To be fair to us, Jack, both in the case of Atletico and AC Milan, they weren't expected to be title challengers this season. You're very uh, right. Atletico were, bo- were born out of this, uh, the sort of inconsistency and the disappointment of Barcelona and Real Madrid. And uh, Juventus obviously won nine straight Serie A titles and Inter Milan have very much put their financial weight behind breaking that dominance. And obviously they've got a world-class manager in the form of Antonio Conte, and you've got the likes of Romelu Lukaku, who uh, surpassed Ronaldo Nazario's goal-scoring tally for Inter Milan at the weekend. Um, and I think that Inter, this is what was meant to happen for Inter. Their, their goals this season were to win, was to win the league. For AC Milan, it was securing Champions League football, and it looks like they're probably going to do that if they don't free-fall too much more. So, we backed the underdogs, we backed the nice story, and that's another life lesson, just like the farms, that sometimes life isn't what you think it is. It's actually so entertaining to know that Conte started Juventus' don- uh, domination and he's going to be the one that ends it. Like, so pleasing. Quite poetic, isn't it? Yeah. Was it him that started It's like it? Neil Lennon. <laughs> We're not having that comparison. We're not comparing Antonio Conte to Neil Lennon, surely. Both angry men. That's very true, yeah. Yeah, the only difference is one looks good while doing it. Wow. Uh, Conte looks okay at times. <laughs> Would be strange, wouldn't it? Strange, yeah. you're, you're probably put a wee bit of distance between themselves and Leipzig. Uh, a, a yeah, that's a, a massive result with um, no Lewandowski, so you rely on Leon Skoretska to come up with the goods at the weekend. Leon Skoretska. See, see, on a on a like on a deadly serious note, I think Bayern have the best midfield in world football. Yeah, no, I think Kimmich, Goretzka, and Mul- like I think they sold Thiago, and it's arguably the same, possibly even better with Goretzka being there full time. I think that midfield is unbelievable. Goretzka, I think the defense scares me. He's incredible. He was a free signing as well from uh, Schalke. Bayern Bayern Munich's transfer business is also just the best in the world. I, I'm not actually a big fan of the defense. I think it's quite poor, but yeah, that midfield is just unbelievable. And. No. A big win in the Bundesliga, but I think I think the more significant result was um, Frankfurt beating Dortmund two one yeah. in the race for the top four. I think that could be massive for quite a number of reasons now for um, a team like Dortmund, who I think are missing the most important player in Sancho, and I've now got a really tough uh, Champions League game away at Man City this week. So it's, he's so uh, crucial to them on the right, honestly. Sancho. Yeah, I think they've won one in five or six now without about, Sancho yeah. being there. You know, as good as Holland is, and he is their best player, I think Sancho is just so much more important to that team. Yeah, on the topic of Bayern Munich, by the way, can we just say, what do they feed their players? Like, they double in size, like... Trophies. Endless supplies <laughs> of trophies. Uh, I think they're getting nine in a row this maybe. season if they win the league. Which has been unlucky for both Juventus and Celtic. So next season, who do we see winning the title? Mainz, maybe? Yeah. 
Leverkusen any day. Just you don't Jeremy get Frim shot in league winners in other leagues. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Leicester City is the only time it's ever happened. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think you're going to come back to bite other one day. I swear. Uh, tell you what, league is coming back this week though. Oh. The Champions um, League. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? A league? I don't know. I was going to guess a league because I don't really see that as a league. It's league in the name. Speaking it's not of a league in the quality. name, but it's not, is it? Well, they're proposing the changes that are going to make it more like a league, which is that's true. Going to be odd, really, really odd. But need to see it in action, I suppose. How are we feeling about these Champions League quarterfinals? Are we looking forward to any in particular? Bayern Munich PSG. Oh, but I sound like a right get, but I honestly have lost so much interest in the Champions League this season. I just think the overall quality and Champions enjoyment of it's been good. I think it's been alright, to be fair. Uh, last, the, last, the last 16 was good. Yeah. Porto Juve, I think, was a cracking game. Yes, yeah, second leg was But away from the Sevilla Dortmund was, was quite enjoyable. But other than that, I've just. I don't know. I think it is maybe. I think Graham pointed this out a few weeks ago in the show that they keep on putting the, the two games you want to watch at the same time. Yeah. And then the next game, it's like just. Pretty poor games that you have no real interest. I, I think it was like Munchen Gladbach City versus and Munich Lazio, and it's like, what's the, the point? But String, can we do some analysis of uh, your picks there? So you said Porto Juve and Sevilla Dortmund, and do you notice a, a trend in, in any of that? There's no English teams. There's no English teams. No, <laughs> there there isn't any English teams. I am. Um... So take that, Joko. <laughs> Mate, he's got to come down and smash you. Like, well, I, th- I think the English team's got to be easy. Can he come down for England? <laughs> no, mate, what he's got to do is he's got to fly down like, towards like Africa. Why just go all the way down by the South Pole? Come all the way around. So he's going to do a loop. He's done you there. Yeah, <laughs> he has to be <laughs> He's taking the long way. <laughs> so he can plan his attack. Yeah, yeah. See. <laughs> it's like you trying to find a football pitch. Just take the long way. The, the, just enjoy the, the ride. The journey, not the destination. Yeah. <laughs> this whole show's gone full, full circle there. Wow. You have to enjoy the ride. That's what you have to do when you listen to a podcast like this. Just enjoy the ride. Because we don't know. Because it's a long ride. <laughs> oh, not long. Um, oh, right, that, that's us not going out because we're copyrighted. Cheers, Taylor. What? No. I sang. His, I, I didn't mistake that for... Who's it? Lionel Richie? Is that right? Is it? I think it's Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, thank you. I thought it was, to be honest. Like that, That's mm. why. No, I'll actually that's a compliment, but no, nah, that, that was all. It's meant to be a compliment, yep. but that's fine. If you just want to throw it, yeah, into, that's it's throw it into money. something like that, that's fine. It's all tail money. Do you think Real Madrid versus Liverpool could be good? Yes. Nah. The drama. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I, mean, I don't know. The last time they met in Kiev, the heartbreak. And it's going to. Alisson's going to chuck the ball into the back of his own net. But there's no Gareth Bale to score. Uh, Why has Alisson done that, by the way, to his face? The moustache. What? Handsome man, a very, very handsome man, and he's less handsome with that, just the moustache. Like, it's Tom Selleck. It's, it's very Tom Selleck-esque, isn't it? <laughs> I see that. Richard for friends, that's how I see it. Tom, Tom Selleck <laughs> sounds like your dad's Celtic fan account. <laughs> Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so, who are we all predicted to go through in each round then? So, Sean, all the English teams in Munich. I think that it will be Real Madrid... Manchester City, Bayern Munich, and Chelsea. Okay, uh, Jack, who are you? I'd say the same, but I think uh, th- there's a chance. There's, there's a good chance it could be PSG because obviously no Lewandowski for Bayern for both games, which is massive. No matter how you look at it, not having 
the best striker in the world available to you. Uh, How can you be the best striker in the world if you don't play in the Premier League? Hang on. This exactly. Has he ever proved himself? He was meant to, League? but remember, the Ash Cloud ruined that. He was going to come to Blackburn. Yeah. All right, go. Strange, shock me. Shock me. Um, Man United. I, no, I think the English teams will go through and uh, buy Munich. I, pred- I predicted the draw. You when did it, um, yeah, you did I got it spot on because I, because <laughs> I thought right, all the English teams will get easy draws, and then the two best teams will meet each other, and that's exactly what's happened. You had Liverpool. You ju- you've just called Liverpool draw against yeah. Real Madrid an easy draw. Yeah. I think it's. I think I would rather have Real Madrid at the moment than Bayern Munich PSG on I mean, Man City. I agree, but that's true. I think. I, I think I, not. Not easy in the sense that they're bad, but in the context of the teams available to them, I think Porto were obviously the the easiest draw. And then I think you'd have to say Dortmund. And then I think after that, you're sort of mm-hmm. tough to pick an outright easier team. But I think Real Madrid are possibly on current form easier given they've not been that great in the Champions League at all this season. And obviously they're without quite a few key players themselves. So could be tough. Arguably, it's just City having Dortmund right now with Sancho and that. They're, 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 they're just going to cruise through that, sadly. As much yeah, I think they will. Me, but, uh, I'm going to say Madrid will go through, obviously. City. Um, I'm going to say... P- I'm going to say PSG and Bayern Munich are going to go to the wire. It's going to be the second leg that decides that, and it's got to be 75 minutes plus where Neymar has got to make the difference. I'm, going to, I'm predicting a shock there, and uh, Chelsea go through. There we go. Here's your predictions. You can come back in a few weeks' time and let us know how wrong we all are in Porto <laughs> going and win the entire competition. I'd love that. Up, I would up. love a massive shock, honestly. I'd be good. I think Chelsea League needs that. Brilliant watch. Can we end this on a positive note? I've just saw that um, Rebecca Welsh has become the first uh, female referee in English Football League history today at a League 2 clash between Harrogate Town and Port Vale. Fantastic. That's so she'll be ha- halfway through that. Well done to her. Top stuff. That condescending clap will have done a lot for uh, uh-huh. not just women in football, but women in society. Well done, Taylor. Taylor, can't believe you've just done that to me. No, no, I, I thought we were all got a clap there. You've just made me to be a mug. Uh, that was not condescending. And um, and what better positive to end the show on than Taylor Murray looking a mug? I can't believe you've just done that, Sean. That's all from us this that. week. Thank you very much for listening. No, 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 I'm not having to do you, Sean. Like, me, you, at the back square, go right now. Right well, let's now. see who ends up in the back of a taxi. Or an ambulance, depending on how you want to look at things. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Football Roundup. Make sure to subscribe to Energy Sports Podcast feed wherever you get yours and follow us over on Twitter to keep up to date with all of our sports content. We're absolutely smashing it this year. It's been it's been fantastic, a massive effort from the whole team. And I couldn't be prouder, I'll say it now. Uh, thank you, you very much to Struan, Taylor and Sean for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, as always. Love spending time with the three of you. Uh, be sure to check out Extra Time and the Fancy <laughs> Ramble you, later in the week. But until then, I've been Jack Donnelly. Bye, this has been the Football Roundup. No, no. Thank you See very you much later, for Taylor. listening. No. <laughs> we'll God, I'm getting absolutely no love here. Lots of love. <laughs>